you got your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Man, I had no idea we had an Iron Man right here on our church leadership team. Is that awesome or what? Uh, listen, men, let me just say this as you're finding your way to Luke chapter 10. If you've not yet signed up for our men's retreat this year, you do not want to miss it. It's going to be amazing. I keep talking to guys that say they're going, but they haven't signed up. So stop procrastinating. Sign up. Go to our website. Go to Facebook. You can find the link and get signed up because it's going to be another amazing men's retreat. We'll probably have 80 to 100 men at least that go this year, and it's going to be great. As you guys are finding your way to Luke chapter 10 this morning, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have ever been excited about something in the future. You've ever been excited about something in the future? We, we call that vision. We have a vision of something that we're really excited about. Maybe you're excited about a future house or a future vehicle or a future job or a promotion that you might be getting. Maybe uh, you're single right now and you're a lady and you, you got this vision of, a, of the guy you're going to marry someday. He looks like Brad Pitt. He's got his money. That's not called a vision. That's called a dream. Okay. Uh, maybe, you know, you're a young couple, you're married, but you want to start a family. You got this vision about having kids someday. Maybe you're a family, you already have kids and you have a vision about having different kids someday. You know, you got a vision of the Broncos making it to the Super Bowl this year. We'll see. 2-0. Good start. We, we call that vision, and we get excited about things that are in the future uh, that are, are good and that, that we're excited about. We call that, that vision. And 10 years ago, when Shelly and I moved to Denver to, to join God where he was at work to plant Orchard Church, we had a, a vision of what we thought might happen in the next 10 years, and, and we prayed that God would do something God-sized. And I just have to tell you, Orchard Church, God's vision for Orchard Church was even bigger than our vision, and uh, last Sunday, if you missed it, we celebrated our 10th anniversary, had an amazing day. Here's a picture of the stadium full of Orchard Church last Sunday. Was, God just blew us away. I mean, I never could have imagined uh, in 10 years that we'd be able to fill that stadium with people that we've reached here in, in this community called Orchard Church. But I don't believe that God is done with what he's wanting to do with Orchard Church. I believe he's just getting started. Anybody else with me this morning? And, and I believe that we, God has an even bigger vision for the next 10 years than he's had for the last 10 years. And four people, our family, stepped out in faith 10 years ago to join God at work. Imagine what God can do. Get a vision with me. Imagine what God can do if 1,500 people step out in faith in the next 10 years to make a difference in this community. And so that's what we're talking about. The vision, we've celebrated 10 years. What is God's vision for this church for the next 10 years, the next 20 years? Uh, Barna Research. Research group. They do research on churches. And a church specialist said this about vision for the church. Vision is the ability to understand the history, the present condition, and the potential of the church and to conceive a plan for action that will maximize the ministry potential. Vision always entails progress. It is never satisfied with the status quo. It'd be easy for us, Orchard Church, to celebrate 10 years and look at 1,500 people that have been reached for Christ and lives have been changed and just be comfortable now. But I don't believe God has blessed us and brought us to this place to just be satisfied with the status quo. I don't believe he's brought us to this point just so we can kind of be an us for and no more and a Christian social club. We, he's blessed us to be a blessing, 
moving forward in the next 10 and next 20 years. And so we're, we're living in a historic time for Orchard Church. We're on the threshold of God's next chapter for the next 10 and 20 years of changed lives. So beginning this week and the next seven weeks, we're going to be talking about the vision of Orchard Church's future. And just like we joined God at work 10 years ago, we're inviting all of us to join God in the next 10 years. We've called this or we're calling this the Legacy Campaign. So in case you missed it last week, you couldn't be here or you were getting fried in the sun and you like left. And anybody besides me get a sunburn last Sunday? And I said, man, why was it so hot? And I, I, I figured it out. God wanted to mark us to remember the day. So all week long when people are like, whoa, what have you been doing? Well, we were celebrating 10 years at Orchard Church. But in case you missed it or the sun was blinding you, here's a little video we put together that's what the Legacy Campaign is all about. And I think you guys will be excited about this. When I think of Legacy, I think of a man like Henry Ford. With his innovation, he basically laid the foundation of the 20th century. The assembly line became the century's characteristic production mode. His Model T spawned mass automobility, altering our daily living patterns, our leisure activities, and the entire American landscape. When I think of Legacy, I think of a lady like Mother Teresa. She began her life's work by simply teaching impoverished children how to read and write. With no real equipment, she taught them by riding in the dirt with sticks. Throughout her life, she received many awards, including the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. She continued her work with the poor for the rest of her life, leading missionaries until just months before her death on September 5, 1997. When I think of a legacy here in Denver, I know we all think about the Broncos. It's almost impossible to look at the history of the Denver Broncos and not think of the legacy of John Elway. He led the Broncos to two Super Bowl wins, recorded the most victories by a starting quarterback, and statistically is the second most prolific passer in NFL history. You can see his legacy cemented in the Ring of Fame Plaza at Sports Authority Field today. These men and women have built a legacy that will last for generations. And as a church, we know that God is calling us to do the same. This land has been a place of harvesting crops for generations, but soon we believe this land will yield a different kind of harvest, a harvest of souls. Many churches have the motto, if you build it, they will come. But at Orchard Church, we've always had a different motto. Our motto has always been, once they come, then we'll build it. Well, they have come, and now it's time to build it. Ten years ago, we planted Orchard Church in this community. But now we have an opportunity to establish Orchard with its own permanent facility, right here, right now. We've been patient and we've waited on God's timing and He's made it abundantly clear, it's time to build. But we're not just building a building, we're building a legacy. We believe that our church, you, will become a legacy builder as we combine our efforts and establish Orchard Church in our community with its own permanent space. Our vision is to multiply disciple-making churches. With our own 51,000-square-foot facility, we'll be able to more effectively carry out that God-sized vision. Of all the population of this growing area, 90% claim no church affiliation, representing approximately 55,000 people. The Denver Regional Council of Governments forecasts this region as the new growth capital of Metro Denver. With this new facility, 
we will have the capacity to reach thousands more in our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Attendance will potentially double in size with only two services, which will represent roughly 5% of our surrounding area. Our 1,250-seat auditorium will be the largest of its kind in a 10-mile radius. This building will allow us to focus on the ministries of our church without the responsibility of setting up and tearing down every week. With age-appropriate environments and classrooms, we will be able to minister to our kids in the most effective and relevant ways possible. We will truly have kids' classes that kids love. As we enter this historic season in the life of Orchard Church, we have the amazing opportunity to not only establish our church in the present, but also to hand it off to future generations in a financially responsible way. Our goal is to have a completely paid for building in three to five years. We're ready. Will you join us? We're inviting you to become a part of this with us. We're inviting you to become a legacy builder. Isn't that exciting, church? It's an exciting opportunity as we continue to join God at work and His redemptive plan to reach people in, in this community. Uh, but it's not going to happen by accident. As I said last week, I love that part of the video where you see the land and then you see the building just sort of appear right there in that spot. Wouldn't it be nice if it was that easy? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if we just showed up one Sunday and there's the building? But it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice, all of us together joining God in this vision that he has. I hope you'll take some notes this morning. Our vision here at Orchard Church is simply this, multiplying disciple-making churches. It was never our intent just to build one church and see how big we could get and how many people we could reach in one location. But God wants us to be like an orchard, fruit that bears fruit, that reproduces fruit. We want to plant other orchard churches, but a permanent facility gives us a home base to launch all those churches and church leaders from. Our purpose here at Orchard Church for 10 years has been this, to make disciples. That's our purpose because Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. For us, it starts right here in this community. Make disciples by reaching people for Jesus, relating them to other believers, and growing them into passionate, reproducing followers of Christ. We simply call our process this, reach, relate, help me church, reproduce. Let's all say that together. Reach, Relay, reproduce. Reach for us mainly happens on Sunday morning as people accept Christ. Um, relay happens in our small groups and reproduce happens in our one-on-one -on -one discipleship ministry. So the next three weeks, we're going to talk about each of those visions because it's easy to, to forget your vision and forget your purpose um, after a while. And so we want to remind ourselves. And so today we're going to talk about reach because you can't make a disciple of Jesus Christ until you first reach somebody for Jesus Christ. So I want to talk about that for a little bit today, our reach of our reach, relate, reproduce process. In Luke chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and Jesus had a heart to reach people for the kingdom. And he said this, After these things the Lord appointed 70 others also, and he sent them two by two before his face into, help me out church, into where? Every city. 
You see, God didn't just call us to this city. He called us to every city in Colorado and throughout the world to make disciples and reach people. But it starts in this city and every place where he himself was about to go. So we want to have a heart not only for this city, but other cities in Colorado that need, uh, need churches and need people that need Jesus. In verse 2, he said this, and this is what I want you to look at. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is what, church? It's great. And he's not talking about a harvest of crops. He's not talking about corn and beans. He's talking about the harvest of souls, like we said in the video. A harvest of people. The harvest truly is great. There's many people that need to be reached. But the laborers are what? Are few. We want to change that. We want to have many laborers joining together in God's redemptive plan in this community and around the world. We're inviting you to be a part of this legacy. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 14, verse 23. Luke 14, 23 said, So his master said, Go out in the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be what, church? Full, So the house will be full. We, it might be a little bit of a pain to us when we come in and can't find a seat. But Jesus likes it when his house is full. He likes it when many people are coming to hear the word of God, to hear the gospel, and have an opportunity to accept Christ. But we sometimes say it this way. Here at Orchard Church, we count people. You know why we count people? Because people count. And every number represents a person and a life and a marriage and a family that needs Jesus Christ and needs to know uh, Jesus in a personal way and know his word. So today I want us to take a moment to do three things. I want us to look back for a moment what God has done. We're going to look around at our current situation in our community and our state. And then I want us to look ahead, the vision for the future. Where is Orchard going in the next 10 years? What's the legacy all about? First of all, let's look back and celebrate some wins. Now, we're not going to spend much time here because we mainly did this last week. But it's easy to get busy and ministry and doing things and never stop and just look back. That's why we took a whole day to celebrate our 10th anniversary. We've seen 26% growth at Orchard Church every year. Uh, not just growth numerically, but spiritually. We've had over 1,000 people accept Christ and be baptized. Um, a recent study came out that said the average church in America baptizes seven people or less per year. Here at Orchard Church, we've already seen over 100 people baptized this year. And we have 10 more getting baptized today. Can we celebrate that, Orchard Church? I mean... God is doing something amazing here at Orchard Church, and we all get to be a part of it. We've started three feeding centers around the world that we fully support as a church. We have six full-time missionaries. We, before we even bought land and had our own permanent facility, we started another church, Orchard Church of Erie, which they're running about 200 now over in Erie. And we now have another church planter we just hired on our staff to plant our next church. We started our Spanish ministry, and uh, they've been growing every week. They've had more people. They had a record high attendance last night, 60 people in our Spanish ministry on Saturday night. 60 people that are not coming here on Sunday, but they're part of our church. We support uh, local missions like Denver Rescue Mission, Life Choices Pregnancy Center, and we all have a part in this God-sized thing that God is doing. If you missed it last week, go to our Facebook page, uh, go to orchardchurch.tv, and watch our 10th anniversary video as we celebrate and we look back at all the amazing things that God has done. But 
I believe God's just getting started. Let's take a moment. Let's look around. Let's look around at the current status of our community and our state. And there, many of you don't know this, but this is the reason that God called us to Colorado. We're, we're living in one of the most unchurched uh, states and metropolitan cities in the country. According to church research, our state ranks toward the bottom nationally in terms of those who consider church to be an important part of their lives. When we moved here 10 years ago, uh, we looked at some demographics and Denver metro area was the fourth most unchurched metropolitan city in the country. Even taking the most optimistic view, Colorado ranks 41st for those who say church is an important part of their lives. 41st out of 50. We're 43rd in worship attendance. We're 45th in percentage of those who even believe in God. We have a state that needs Christ. Amen? And there's a lot of work left to do. Let's zero it into our community right here. Let's because we we have to first start in our Jerusalem where where Jesus started with his disciples. If you take the Brighton Reunion area that we live in within about a 10 mile radius of Prairie View High School and our land next door where our new building is going to be, um, there's about 60,000 people, and that number has grown by 70 percent in the last 10 years. In the last 10 years since we moved here, we're up 70 percent. School District 27J, we're meeting right here in Prairie View, 27J, is the fastest growing district in the Denver metropolitan area. It has grown by 102% from 2003 to 2013, and the growth continues. This high school was built for, I think, about 1,300, 1,400 students. There's 2,100 students attending this high school. There's over 1,000 that attend the middle school. And, and let me just, take, just say this real quickly, and this is not a political statement. This is a, about our community and our kids. Um, I encourage you guys to consider voting yes on 3C this year to get that bond passed for the sake of our kids, our families, our community. And I know there's a lot of negative stuff out there. I did my own research. You say, well, that's going to cost us something. Yeah, it is. You know what it's going to cost us? An average of about $3.50 a month. A Starbucks, you can't even get a Starbucks for $3.50, not even, you know, the tall one. And so I'd encourage you to consider helping us pass that. But we're, we're living in a growing community and the people that are coming in, many of them, they don't know Christ. And even those that do, they need a good church to attend. When it comes to church affiliation in our community right here within a 10 mile radius, 70% of the people in our community claim no church affiliation whatsoever. And of the 30% who do go to church somewhere, 60% of them attend a church that teaches a works-based salvation, which means they may not really know Christ. That means that there's about 90% of the community, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, the people you go to school with, 90% of them don't know Jesus Christ, and we want them to know Jesus Christ. It represents about 55,000 people right here within a 10-minute drive of Prairie View High School and Orchard Church's new build, building, 55,000 people, that the harvest is truly, what, great. But the laborers are few, and we want to change that as we join together. Just to give you a vision of what does 55,000 people look like that, that need Jesus, it looks like Coors Field when it's full. Now, it doesn't look like that today because they don't play well. But when it's full, like on opening day, there's, this is about 55,000. 55,000 people. Imagine that many people right here within a 10-minute drive that don't know Jesus or don't have a good church home. Some people ask, well, are we trying to be a mega church? No. We, we don't want to be a mega church. We want to plant other churches. But we do have a mega vision and a mega opportunity to reach people for Christ. Amen, church? And, you know, of those 55,000 people, 16,000 of them, and this really touches my heart, 16,000 of those 55,000 are under the age of 18. 
And that's significant because statistics tell us that people, uh, most people accept Christ before the age of 18. 85% of people accept Christ before the age of 18. And so I love, you know, supporting missionaries and feeding centers around the world. We talk about the mission field. But listen, Orchard Church, make no mistake about it. We are sitting in a mission field right here at Prairie View High School. Some 2,100 students, 100 teachers, 1,000 over there in the middle school. One of the things I'm so excited about our permanent facility is we're not moving away. Our ministry is not going to stop here at Prairie View High School. I believe it's just going to get started. As we try to make a dent and all those students that don't know Christ, we're going to be able to open our doors and invite them in. And I think it's, uh, this new building is going to be a huge outreach tool to see many of those students that don't know Christ come to Christ. I hope that gets you guys excited. That gets me really excited. One of our values here at Orchard Church is this. We reach people no one is reaching by doing things that no one is doing. And we, we say it this way. We'll do anything short of sin to reach people for Christ. We will. I mean, that's why we do crazy things like have Super Bowl Sunday. And instead of having, you know, like a thousand people that day, we have 1,500 people that day and 25 people except Christ. We'll do crazy small group songs up here. We'll dress Marcy all up like Iron Man. We'll have first responders days. And we do those things because we want to reach more people for Christ because there's a huge need. The harvest is great in our community. But we as a leadership team, we believe that we must now take a step of faith. A huge sacrificial step of faith or reaching people for Christ will be a thing of the past here at Orchard Church. The days of 100 plus people a, a, a year getting baptized and saved will be a thing of the past. Because all the, the church demographic and statistics studies say this. Once a church gets 70% full in a service, people stop coming. If you look around this morning, and we haven't even hit our big growth time, which usually happens about mid-October, November, all the way till Mother's Day. Uh, once you get 70%, people stop coming. And so we don't want people to stop coming. Amen? We want them to hear God's word. We want them to hear the gospel. We want to have them to have an opportunity to accept Christ like so many of you have had an opportunity to accept Christ. But we have to take a step, and we have to do something, and we have to do it now. So let's look ahead. What is the opportunity and the vision and the step of faith that God is calling us to. We have a challenge. Right now we're in three services. Two of the services are completely full. It's hard for people to find uh, seats. Um, we've tried to add a Saturday service, but there's too many things going on at the school to be able to be consistent with that. Um, when we polled you guys, surveyed you several months ago, 98.3% of Orchard Church attenders said they want to reach more people for Christ. 98.3. Now we're going to assume the other 1.7% did not understand that question. <laughs> we're just going to trust that, okay? But if we want to reach more, and do you guys still agree with that? Do you want to reach more people for Jesus? I mean, do you want to make a difference in 55,000 people that don't know Christ? Then we've got to take a step of faith. We're out of room. We're out of space. Um, we... Uh, we don't have a guarantee. Some people ask, well, well, can't we be at the high school as long as we want? And I don't want to scare you guys with this, but it's a reality. And I want to be very clear and transparent and honest with you. Um, we sign a contract to meet here at Prairie View High School every year. It's year to year to year. And there is no guarantee that we can meet here as long as we want to be here. I mean, that could change. Thankfully, uh, the leadership of 27J has been very... Um, behind Orchard Church and supportive of it. But leadership can change and rules can change. And so that's something to consider. And we've, we've celebrated many wins in 10 years, but we believe now is the time to take a, a ridiculous step of faith, just like we learned about in Elisha. 
to, to step into a God-sized opportunity, to join God where he's at work. Our family of four joined God where he was at work. I say this all the time. We really didn't start anything 10 years ago. We just joined God in what he was already doing to reach people in this community. And now we're inviting some 1,500 plus, probably 2,000 people if everybody was here on the same Sunday like at Easter, to, to join us in this legacy campaign. You see, there's a difference between starting a church, planting a church, and establishing a church for generations to come. We, we planted and we started a church 10 years ago, but now we have an opportunity to establish Orchard Church in this community with a permanent facility that's going to last for generations to come. We see this happen two, twice in, in the scriptures, uh, first with the tabernacle and then with the temple. Um, and David, you know, noticed that, man, we've been, we've been setting up and tearing down and setting up and tearing down this tabernacle for God's pl place of worship people to meet. And, and you know how long they did that? About 500 years I mean, we're tired of setting up and tearing down after 10 years here at Orchard. They did it for 500 years. So maybe that'll make us feel a little bit better. But finally, David came to the place and said, you know what? We have our permanent houses that we live in and we have, but God doesn't have a permanent place. And so he led the children of Israel to build the temple. And this is what he said in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 1 and 2. David summoned all the officials of Israel to Jerusalem. And he rose to his feet and he said, My brothers and my people, it was my desire to build a temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant, God's footstool, could rest. What's the word, church? Permanently. That's what we're talking about. We have an opportunity for Orchard Church to be established with its own permanent facility for generations to come. You know, I've said it over and over, I'll say it again. We, you know, we haven't put a sign on our land that we bought in December because we don't want to put a sign on the building or on the land that says future home of. We want to put a building on that facility. We, we, we're calling this the legacy campaign, but it, we're not just building a building. Help me, church. We're building a, a legacy for generations to come. And it's never been about building a building. And even once we build a building, it's not about building a building. You see, the only purpose of a facility is to better facilitate ministry. Let me say that again. The only purpose of a facility is so we can better facilitate ministry. Reach more people for Christ and, and, and grow the relationship with Jesus with people. That's what this is about. And so I know as we go into this, you're thinking, well, this is a financial campaign. And that's what I thought at first, too. You know, and, and it's not. It's a spiritual campaign. And I want to challenge you as we go through this the next seven weeks to read Exodus chapter 35 where they built the tabernacle. Read 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and 29 where they built the temple. Because we're following that biblical pattern and how they did that. And there's a phrase you're going to see over and over and over as you read about the building of the tabernacle and the building of the temple. God called his people to give sacrificially what they could do. And I said this in the last verse, let me say it again. It's not about equal gifts and equal amounts. It's about equal sacrifice. And there's a difference. If that makes sense, say yes. Not about equal gifts. It's about, one lady said, well, you know, I kind of did the math. And you take everybody to Orchard Church. If everybody gave $30 a week, you know, we would have the money in three years. But not everybody's going to give $30 a week. Some can't give $30 a week. And some can give a whole lot more than $30 a week. It's as God has blessed us. And what you read about is it says that they gave everything from gold to goat hair. And that's a message title right there. Gold to goat hair. And God is not calling those of us that have only been blessed with goat hair to bring gold. 
And God is not calling those who've been blessed with gold to just bring goat hair. It's not about equal amounts. It's about equal sacrifice. And here's the phrase you see over and over and over as they built the tabernacle and they built the temple. And this is what we're praying for. And this is what's going to have to happen at Orchard Church as well in the legacy campaign. It says, as God stirred the hearts of the people and as he moved their spirits, they gave freely and wholeheartedly. It's not about what can we give, not what can we do. It's about what is God laying on our heart. And if everybody will respond to what God puts on our heart and his purposes, that's all we can ask. Amen, church? We're not going to guilt people. We're not going to twist people's arm. We're just going to give you an opportunity to do what God lays on your heart to do. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And, and I've actually had a heart change. I've been preparing for this for several months. We've been preparing to launch the legacy campaign. And I thought this was about money. And I, as I've read the scriptures, God's worked in my heart. Because, you know, as a pastor, I, I hate talking about money. I hate talking about, you know, giving and all that kind of stuff. Because when you talk about money, people get funny. They do. But what God has showed me is this is not about money. This is not about a transaction. This is about transformation. Transformation of our hearts and lives and transformation of other people's lives as we join God where he's at work. 97% of you, when we ask you, you said that you support a new building and doubling in size and reaching more people. 97% of you. Well, like Gary said last week, talk is cheap. Now we have an opportunity to step out in faith and do something, and we need your help. We have an opportunity to build a building that we can go from three services to two services and yet double our outreach capacity. And we're not doing that just so we can, you know, have it easier and go to two services, but it's exciting to know that we can, you know, go to two services and yet still double our outreach. Ninety-three and a half percent of you guys, when we polled you, said that you believe Orchard Church is financially ready and able to build. And our goal is to take on as little debt as possible so that we can pay this building off in three to five years. And if we can get this building paid off in three to five years, we'll free up five to $600,000 a year. Instead of paying it to a bank and to a building, we can take that money and we can put it back into local and global ministry. Is that exciting to you guys? I mean, that is a lot of money that can go toward ministry. Instead of a building, instead of maintenance and, and plant other churches and, and support missionaries and start feeding centers. And so we're excited uh, about that opportunity. And one of the things that God laid on my heart this week is I, I, I've had a couple of say, well, you know, we've been tithing as a church. We tithe off the tithe. We give 10% of everything that comes into our general tithes and offering. 10% of that we tithe to missions and to church planting. And so I've been thinking about, does God want us to tithe off of this? And I went to a conference this last week, and God's timing is amazing. Because I was listening to other church planters who have been planting multiple churches out of their church. Because church plants are 400% more evangelistically effective than churches that are, that are 10 years and older. The way to, for us to reach more people for Christ is not just see how big we can get. It's plant more churches just like Orchard Church in other communities. And so God laid this on my heart. I, I heard two uh, pastors say this, that when they did their first campaign to build their first permanent facility, they committed 10% of whatever came in in that campaign to plant other churches. And I felt like God said, that's for you, Doug. You need to listen to this. So that's what we're going to do. So as we're doing this legacy campaign, in addition to the 10% we already do off of tithes and offering, we're going to take 10% of it immediately and we're going to put it into planting other churches because it's not just about this church, it's about planting other churches. And we're going to do it from day one. Is that okay, church, if we do that and we help plant other churches? So this is why we have a big goal. 
Because we have a big God and a big vision and a big opportunity. Our goal is to raise three to five million dollars in a three-year legacy campaign. We'll be talking a little bit more about the details of that in the next couple of weeks and give you some other brochures that kind of explain how this breaks down. But here's the deal. If we were to be able to raise five million dollars over three years, we'd have a paid-for building in three to five years. And not only would that money be able to go into ministry, but here's another thing. We did the math on this. We would save $3.2 million in interest. $3.2 million if we pay it off in three to five years versus paying it over 20 years. That's $3.2 million that can go back into ministry instead of a bank in interest. We have an amazing opportunity. And this has been an incredibly generous church for 10 years. That's why we were able to pay cash for the land. And we didn't have to come and do a campaign and raise any of it. But Biblical generosity leads to changed lives. And God is calling us to even be more generous and take more steps of faith. And one of our values here when we talk about giving is this. It's not about what God wants from you. It's about what God wants for you. As he changes our heart and he helps us to be more generous and not greedy and helps us to join him in his work and take steps of faith and make an eternal difference by leaving a legacy. If you were not here last week or you did not get one of our mission propositions, this is everything about the legacy campaign. What we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're doing it, uh, no secrets, everything is right here. If you did not get one of these yet, before you leave today, they'll be on the tables there or at the Got Questions table. You can pick them up either place. People will be handing these out. Be sure to get this. Please read through all of this because it explains in detail um, what God has led us to do and we'll be talking about. A key date you want to put on your calendar right now is November 8th. November 8th is going to be our Commitment Sunday where we're going to take our legacy commitments. What is God leading us to do over and above our, our regular tithes and offerings for the next three years to make a difference in the legacy campaign. We're going to take our commitments that day. We're also going to take a first fruits offering that day. So we're going to say, what is God leading you to do? Uh, your, your commitment for the next three years. And then what can you give that day? And our, our church consultant, our campaign consultant that we've hired said, most churches, healthy churches, and he said an Orchard Church is a very healthy church, will see 5 to 10% of the campaign overall commitment given in cash, in offerings on that first day. We could be looking at three dollars to $500,000 that we could begin to use and save all that in interest. So be praying about what would God lead you to do for your commitment and what would God lead you to do as a first fruits offering. And we'll be talking more about that as we all get to join God and make a, a difference in his redemptive plan to reach people in this community around the world. Another thing we're asking you to do is pray. Because we can do all we can do, but if we don't pray, then, you know, Jesus said, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And so we're starting today a 40-day prayer journal or prayer devotional. You can find this at our dedicated website for the Legacy Campaign, OrchardLegacy.com. Go there, and there's a week's worth, and we'll put these on every week, a week's worth every day of praying for our church, our community, um, our missionaries. And, and so be in prayer. Will you do that, church? Will you be praying? Pray for our church. Pray for the campaign. Pray what God would you have me to do. You know, one of our values here is this at Orchard Church. We give up things we love for things we love even more. And you know, one of the things we love even more than anything else is to see people lives radically changed through the power of Jesus Christ. And we're willing to sacrifice for this. And you're going to hear me say this over and over in this campaign. This is not a fundraising campaign. This is a people-raising campaign. Where we get to leave a legacy of people raised from death to life. People raised out of darkness into the light. People raised from 
defeat to being victorious in Jesus Christ. Marriage is going from broken to repaired. And we're going to continue to celebrate more and more stories as we all join in this legacy together. We get to celebrate more and more stories just like these. life at home with my family in church every time the doors were open. I never went to church and uh, I think I actually did go to a youth group once uh, with some neighbors who invited me and I hated it. My whole childhood career I grew up not knowing anything about God. I really didn't have much of a church background uh, when I was a kid. I grew up in the Jehovah's Witness. Kingdom Hall, separated from that when my parents divorced, and pretty much put up a wall. My father took me to church a few times when I was younger, but we didn't really uh, you know, study any religion or really have anything. I was raised in a Catholic home, um, and it was a routine. Sunday morning, going to church, going out to eat. There wasn't really much of a relationship with God. I had a uh, co-worker that uh, invited me to come to church one time and I said no way I'm not going to church. She mentioned that they were studying the book of James and I think that was it. It was just a very personal attention uh, to detail that I was, I was looking for. That this is a book about someone who has the same name as me and it's something that I know nothing about and I've always been one that likes to take on big challenges in life. A lot of people actually already knew my name. They had been praying for me. Liz was one of the ones who had been praying for me specifically to come to church. I just started to like it more and I was seeing all the things that they were talking about in the book of James and I was actually able to apply those things to my life which was great so I loved it. I had my daughter in 2007 and knowing that I was responsible for another human being left me feeling like I was empty and that I needed to give her some knowledge and understanding um, so that she didn't have what I had which was nothing growing up and that I could be a role model for her through knowing God and being a part of a church. I have a friend actually a couple of friends that attend Orchard and they had asked me several times to come to service with them. When I first came to Orchard Church I was very nervous. I was coming alone. I was just trying to find myself and figure out where I was uh, with uh, religion in general. One of the things that stands out is when Pastor Doug told the newcomers that if you were looking for a religion this wasn't the place for you and that the church really promoted a personal relationship. And I got really excited at that moment because it was the first time I'd ever heard someone phrase it in that manner. Uh, the ending prayer when Pastor Doug or whoever was leading service would say, you know, if you have not given yourself and you would like to give yourself to Christ, let me give this prayer for you. And every time it became more and more meaningful for me. And I knew that 
I wanted to be that person. I wanted to give myself to Christ and believe in and commit myself to the Lord. I realized that baptism was my next step and that I wanted to be a member of Orchard Church in the commitment that I made to follow and to try to live as righteous as I can be. A friend at work, a really good friend at work, she's like my big sister, uh, has attended Orchard for years and she had told us, or told me actually about it a long time ago. So we went there, uh, had an amazing experience, we're like wow this is amazing, Pastor Doug and the whole team, excellent, and we're, I'd say we're like pretty humorous people, <laughs> so uh, we love the humor and we left there, yeah, like she said, just feeling completely full. At the end of the services, whenever there was a chance to accept Christ, I was very honest with myself and I never wanted to raise my hand in a really half-hearted manner to accept Christ. And I can remember sitting in my seat the day I got saved and it was really like God was speaking right to me, really through the whole message and saying, James, this is, this is something you need to do and you need to accept Christ and you need to believe in me. Once I had accepted Christ and talked to Yanni, um, who led me to Christ, he, he, offered, um, he offered me to get baptized. I told him, well, let me just let it soak in for a little bit. And he said, well, why don't you just let the water soak into your clothes? I uh, borrowed some shorts and a shirt from, some, uh, from a friend um, and went and got baptized that same day. We met at church and we knew each other. We went on a pseudo first date on January 1st of 2010 and then we're married almost exactly six months later. And then along came Nathaniel in 2011 and, and then our sweet little Hannah in 2014. I had been a part of a small group earlier in this year and I had met some ladies in that group and collectively we had all decided to go to the ladies retreat which I wouldn't normally have gone to um, had it not been for the relationships that I had met through uh, that small group program. We were at the retreat and we had give, been given a task to write down um, a prayer. And in that prayer, I remember saying, I just wish I could feel you. And then the lady said, now turn your paper over. And write God's answer back to you. And that was the moment that I knew he was with me. It was in that moment that I knew, I'm like, oh, I submit to you. This is it. This is that moment. I felt it from head to toe. <laughs> I was pretty emotional. I still am, obviously. And um, that's a day I'll never forget. The day that we went, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I was, we were back at home, and I was just kind of self-reflecting on the moment, and I was like, 
how did that even happen? So I knew at that point that I had faith and I'm a full believer and I know that uh, that I'm here to serve God and I want to be able to share that with everybody and I guess the best way to do that would be through baptism. I felt like it was more bonding for us to do it together than anything else besides our marriage, but it felt like that's something that we could do together and to show God that we are a family for Him. We have been living together for about four years now. During the God's Not Grace series and the whole process of us um, you know, going back to church or going to church and discovering our relationship with God and going through that series, we kind of realized at that point we're not really doing things right. Mm -hmm. We started going to church and we said, actually, this like we need to not engage in any anything intimate um, because it's so, not what God wants. <laughs> it was about six or seven months then yeah. is how long it was. And the God's Not Grace series, I really understood what marriage was about and how God is doing this wonderful thing of bringing two people together and making you one. Uh, everything just clicked and everything made sense. And like I, after that, I was excited for our marriage. We went up to Pastor Doug after one of the services and asked him if he would be willing to marry, marry us. And he said, yes, absolutely. But we went through the premarital counseling and it was an awesome experience in, you know, strengthening the relationship with God and realizing that that's first and then strengthening our, our own relationship. And it really, really helped prepare us for marriage. We just felt like we're not, it's not just me and Allie and God, it's me and Allie and God and the church. the church. They're alongside us the entire way. I needed to know how to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I found that at the Orchard Church. I was able to then establish real relationships with people for really the first time in my life. It's helped us in so many ways like a family would. Orchard Church has truly been a blessing for me and my family, and it has been life-changing personally. Orchard, to me, I guess we would call it home. It's a family, it's a place that we can go every Sunday and you know, connect with others and connect with God, and it just really helps bring the Word of God to us and help us go about our week and making sure that we're keeping that connection with God every single day. I just want to say to all of you, especially those of you that have been here for a while, thank you. Thank you for making a difference in those people's lives. And there are many, many others that have experienced the same thing. And the Legacy Campaign is about seeing more stories just like that. People having their lives radically changed through the power of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads with me this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed? Just real quickly, for those of you that consider Orchard Church your church home, we're inviting you to join us in this historic time in the life of Orchard Church. Where we get to do more than build a building, we get to build a legacy. And I want to ask you right now just to, just to pray. You know, God, what would you have me to do? What would you have our family to do to be a part of what you're doing to reach people in this community? And begin praying now and over the next seven weeks 
Not, not what can you do, not what do you want to do, but what is God putting on your heart to do, to reach more people for Christ? And as you're doing that and you're praying right now, we don't want to miss an opportunity that maybe you're here today in this service and you've never accepted Christ. That's what the Legacy Campaign is all about. That's what this church is all about. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. To experience the life change that you just heard about from these three individuals, these families. I want to lead you in a prayer of faith. It's a prayer you can pray from your heart to God's right now. It's not a magic prayer or magic words. But if you put faith and belief behind it, you can invite Jesus into your life today. And this could be the day that changes your life for all eternity. That's you today. Would you pray this prayer with me? It goes like this. Jesus, I call on you. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want a personal relationship with you. I put my faith and trust in you. I believe in you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, we continue an attitude of prayer. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I would never want to do that. But I would love the privilege and opportunity to pray for you. If you just prayed that prayer faith for the first time, I'd like to pray for you that you would grow in your relationship with Jesus and your walk with him from this day forward. Would you just slip up your hand all across the auditorium? God bless you, young man. Thank you. Anyone else? Just put it up. God bless you. Yes, thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just put it up. Put it down. Yes, thank you. Several people. Thank you. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Ladies up there, thank you. Anyone else? Several people. Thank you. We pray for you. Pray for all of us. Father, we, we first just thank you and rejoice in those putting their faith and trust in you today. That's why we're here. That's what this is all about. And we've seen many people come to Christ and be baptized and discipled in the last 10 years. But we know that there are hundreds and thousands more to be reached in this community. Thank you for those this morning. The privilege of them being here with us and, and having the opportunity to make this decision. And we pray that they would grow in their relationship and walk with you from this day forward. And that as a church, we would come alongside of them and help them in that growth process in any way that we can. Lord, we, we thank you that you've called us into your kingdom work. You've called us to be a part of something much bigger than ourselves. Something that can have eternal value forever. Help us all to align our hearts with your heart and your purposes through this legacy campaign in the next seven weeks and to do what you would be calling each of us individually to do. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for changing our life and many lives around us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate decisions for Christ even this morning? Amen. Amen. If you made a decision uh, to accept Christ, you prayed that prayer, you raised your hand and you meant it, please let us know about that on your connection card. Drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by so we can just continue to pray for you, send you some material to help you in your new walk with Christ. If you're a first-time guest here at Orchard Church today, thanks so much for being our guest. Hopefully you filled out your guest connection card. Drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by. We're not interested in your money today, guest. We're definitely interested in getting to know you. We'll send you a thank you note and a gift in the mail. Hope you guys are excited about the Legacy Campaign. Next week we'll be talking about Relay and small groups, you're going to hear an amazing life-changing story that happened in one of our small groups this last year. You don't want to miss it next week. Let's stand as we close in a response of worship, worship through our generosity. God bless you guys.